The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shah i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Pike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins, Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. great um Mm -hmm. my kids are finally old enough to like walk our neighborhood because our neighborhood is hilly Mm -hmm. and in the past they've been really lazy so we've Mm -hmm. gone to like other smaller neighborhoods and gone trick-or-treating there but this year we got to do our own neighborhood and it was really fun oh yeah and we went we left at like 4 30 Mm -hmm. and we were back by like 5 30 and we had friends over and i made a bunch of food and everybody left by nine oh that's it was great yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's what I like about, you know, a Sunday night party because every and with kids because everybody has school the next morning. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and even like the folks that stayed like later, yeah. I was yeah. like, you guys are pushing it. Your kids look like they're about to lose their minds. Like Yeah. I was like, how do I hint them to get out? But no, it was yeah. lovely. It was it was great. That's nice. Yeah, it was wonderful. But you know what the real treat of this week is? What? Hearing that Real Houses of Dubai is happening. Yes, with Caroline Stanberry. Yeah, but did you see the the clip on Bravo TV? Uh, of course, it's in a fucking desert. Yeah, it's on a fucking desert. But it also the second line, the first thing is it's something about the land of opportunity, and this is 
the American the American dream, dream. <laughs> in Dubai. <laughs> like what? Fuck you have that. you have a UAE flag right there. Yeah. <laughs> you have a UAE flag in your comment. And it's the American dream. Look, the whole fucking thing is such a mess. I you can't can, honestly. Yeah. It's like exactly why we made our podcast. <laughs> like this show is the reason why we made our podcast. Because you can do, you can dream all you want, but an American will never be a UAE person. <laughs> yeah. It was like, they're not letting you in. They're like, you can come, you can jump, you can leave. That's it. Yeah, no, also, like, what do you mean American dream? It's actually, like, the American dream is not even close to being as wealthy as, like, you can be when you have oil money. Okay? Yeah. It's not the same. It's really not. It has nothing to do with America. It's the UAE Sheikh's dream, whatever his name was, the grandfather of the current Sheikh. Yeah, also, like, (laughs) most of the cast is either from UK or they are from other Gulf nations, Uh like Kuwaitis and Yemenis and, like, Saudis. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I love it. I'm like, you know what, Bravo? You're fucking dumb. But it's fine because that's why we're here. I also want to just, like preface that like it's already going to be so annoying and i really hope that people seek out our podcast to get more like information about what actually it's like over there because already the westerners have like come in with like i know about the middle east and this this and that and it's like you don't know anything about the middle east like i've already gotten into like a twitter fight from this morning you did you've been busy then i've been busy so and and full disclosure i like half-ass watch salt lake city because Mm -hmm. this discourse i hate using that word was more interesting than whatever i watched Mm -hmm. on salt lake city the only important part of salt lake city was the very last like what five minutes Mm -hmm. so you know already on twitter people are like how is andy cohen gonna attend the the reunion they don't allow gay people to come to the uae now, is that true? Yes, there are laws that limit visas to LGBTQ people. Yes, that is a fact. We know that the Middle East is extremely problematic. All yeah. of these things are true. However, there are gay people that live there and yeah. there are gay people that visit there. And there is yeah. a reason why. And it's an underground scene. You know, yeah. it's not out in public. They're not yeah. doing pride parades in Dubai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. There is a reason why they call Dubai the Vegas of the Middle East, because it is like Vegas on crack. It is like extremely, extremely gaudy, over the top luxury shit. It's Real Houses of Beverly Hills Mm -hmm. on steroids. Plus with Vegas. all kind, yeah. It's it's a mix of oil money, mafia money, yes, Bollywood money, yeah. <laughs> so like, there's people, a lot of Bollywood money there too. Yeah, that the, goes people, in there. People think that they're like, oh, how are they going to do the show? You're not even allowed to curse in public. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. those things are true for public. Let's yeah. be very clear. Those things are all true for the public. Now, mm-hmm. what the UAE deems public. Mm -hmm. is up to the uae so yes you cannot be even kissing your own wife out in public in the uae even if you're in a heterosexual marriage yeah but what happens at private resorts boats restaurants villas parties 
that's yeah. that's all private. People and wear, yeah, people wear the skimpiest bikinis and uh, windsurf and water surf in huge restaurants and resorts there all are, the time. There is a, a massive influencer scene in yeah. the Emirates. Like the yeah. there's so many influencers. And just go on Caroline Stanberry's Instagram. She's been in Dubai right. for like what eight years, mm-hmm. and she's really living it up. So mm-hmm. like. And she's not, you know, she's not covered in a burqa because that's the other thing in the UAE. You don't have to cover yourself like that. So Mm. all of this stuff of like, oh, you're, you know, there's all these rules and laws and all that. Do those rules exist? Yes. But just like the rest of the world, if you are wealthy and you are white and you have proximity Mm -hmm. to whiteness. And yes, proximity to whiteness includes proximity to the royal family. Yeah. Because guess who the fuck came up with the idea of fucking royal families? (laughs) Yep. All of this stuff. If you have privilege, if you have access to money, these laws. If you have privilege. None yeah. of that applies. If you None the, of that these applies. laws, these yeah. laws are set for poor people. Yeah. So I'm talking about migrant workers. We're talking yeah. about brown people, usually people from South Asia. A lot South of South Asia, yeah. A lot of a lot of We South- are the Mexicans of Dubai. We really are. That's the best way to put it. We're like the Latino laborers. It's really fucked up. But like that's how they are treated in the Middle East. Yeah. Right. The way that we treat migrant workers in the United States. Right. And actually right. migrant workers in the United States are still treated better but the way that people are treated. Yeah, people week. don't hold yeah, people don't as a rule hold your passport. Yeah, and I'm not saying that like the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know that if they will hold your passport, meaning like if you come there for work, your employer gets to hold your passport and if you don't let's say if you ask for too much time off, if you yeah. get sick, If you want to travel back to your country because your family member is sick, your employer has the right to hold your passport and not allow you to do that. Or they will say, fine, you can go, but don't you ever dare come back. Yeah. Like these are the laws that exist. So yes, there are laws. There are definitely laws in the UAE that are super duper exclusionary. They're downright racist, xenophobic, homophobic, all of it. But those laws do not apply to the rich people that we are going to watch on the show. Mm hmm. So isn't that the perfect xenophobic, trans, uh, you know, transphobic, homophobic, yes. racist environment is the perfect environment for a Bravo TV show? Yeah, because we already do it. <laughs> <laughs> because now you will do exists. it with uh, you, now you will do it with state sanctioned, you know, <laughs> permission. Yeah, now you're doing <laughs> state sanctioned xenophobia. So I mean, look, I'm excited mostly because. It's Caroline Stanberry and Ladies yeah. of London is one of the best shows to ever be mm. on Bravo. Mm. So I'm excited for that. But I'm not excited about the fact that I have to subscribe to Peacock. Oh, is that where it's going to be? I believe so, yes. Oh. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. I may have misread that. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay, let's talk about Real Houses of Potomac. It was a finale. And yeah. we opened up on the Dixons and the Darbies having a double date. And Michael is just, you know, he's like a peacock, he's like just giddy. really fanning he's out. He's giddy. He's giddy. You know, like the mating season for peacocks, they like fan out their like mm-hmm. colors. You know, Michael's yeah. only got like one pasty color, a little bit of red rosacea from his face, some tears yeah. from his eyes. Yeah. 
Those it's look. like an albino peacock, <laughs> but like albino old deceased peacock. And honestly, I want to say that because that's disrespectful to albino people. Albino they don't peacock. deserve to be. That's true. No, no, no. Michael. It's not albino people. I'm talking about the peacock. There's albino peacock. I'm not. I'm not making this up. Well, but they're just... actually albino peacocks are actually the beautiful. They're okay, beautiful. Well, then uh, that's disrespectful to albino yeah. peacocks. Because how dare you? <laughs> yeah, not Michael. He's just yeah. he tells Michael. Like, Michael tells Juan <laughs> that he's been working out. Yeah, Juan... he's so kidding about it. He's like, I've used all of my, all of the uh, pandemic to get the world class bodybuilder to come to my gym and help me work out 5 days a week. Can you see my muscles? Can you? Can yeah. you? Can come you see touch my, my abs? Butt. Do you come <laughs> yeah, come touch my butt. Come touch my abs. One <laughs> is like, yeah, good job. And then so they're talking about going to Karen's Val Renewal and and Michael says the members of the crew don't really want to see me. And I was like, do you mean like the camera crew or like production? <laughs> or like the crew is messed up. Yeah, he's talking about the cameraman. He doesn't want. But also <laughs> this was this was the oddest double date, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it was like the minute they sat down, Michael started talking to Juan, ignoring his wife, ignoring yes. Robin. They just started having a conversation. And it was mostly Michael talking. It was, <laughs> And you can see the way Ashley reacts to the Michael Juan love fest is Ashley is like, I understand it and I'm okay with it. He, she, he's like, if Michael wants to swing that way, that's fine. Does he want me involved? That's okay too. That's how she approaches it. Like, we are we having a threesome with Juan Dixon? That's fine with me. That's how Ashley approaches it. Whereas Robin is to the point of Robin is like getting annoyed. Robin is like, okay, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand how Juan can be friends with him. Well, I don't understand that either. And I'm wondering, mm -hmm. like, you know, does Michael Darby know what Marilyn knows? And is that why Juan Dixon is keeping Mar Michael so close? Or I is think it Juan, because Juan is also a garbage person? Yeah, it could be. Or it Juan just genuinely finds Michael amusing. And he's like keeping him, but he also finds he also finds it that when he uh, talks to Juan, it annoys Robin. So maybe that's what he's trying to do. Is it's possible you know, that Juan is like Juan, you don't tell me who I can be friends with? Oh, maybe it's one of these things where it's like, yes, Michael, or yes, Juan doesn't like Michael that much, but he likes watching his ex-wife, current fiance, coworker, housemate. He likes watching her cringe more yeah. than he likes. More than anything else. So, like, right. that's the thing. Like, if we were to do, like, greater than, right? Like, <laughs> yes, there's Michael, but what's greater than, like, Michael is watching Robin cringe. And that <laughs> seems to be, like, it's, like, if the means of watching my wife cringe or ex-wife or whatever she is, my partner yeah. cringe, is that I have to hang out with this, like, disgusting old Australian man, then yeah. I will do that. Because yeah. one really cannot stand Robin. Like, yeah. I don't understand that relationship at all. Um, but Michael at this lunch also misses no time to just start talking shit about Chris and Candace. Mm -hmm. When he's talking, he's like, oh, it's so disgusting that his wife takes care of him or his wife funds him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or he's like, like living how where is she getting the money? Isn't she on her mother's payroll? Like, it's like, ha- it's uh, a lot from okay. First of all, Michael, you pay for your wife. So what in the misogyny are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. You're, you pay for your wife and her mother. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. So would you prefer that it be the other way around? That mm-hmm. Chris take care of Candace's mom and Candace? Or yeah. would you prefer to just be the one and the white man in control? And yes, I'm going to say mm-hmm. that. Would you prefer to be the white man in control that controls that relationship? Because I think that as Candace says, there's a lot mm-hmm. of projection. Yeah. There's a lot of projection happening here. Right. And I, and you know, I thought it was really interesting that Candace said later, to, I think uh, she's talking to Ascala mm-hmm. and she says, I just don't think that Michael is right for Ashley. And I think when she says that, she's actually looking yeah. out for Ashley. Like Candace cannot accept the misogyny and the the predator behavior of of Michael at all. No. Yeah. And she doesn't think that that's good enough for Ashley despite how mm-hmm. much she doesn't like Ashley. Right. Now, this is the episode where I guess suddenly we're going to start talking about Robin and Juan's fake baby and wedding storyline. They I'm just like- suddenly realized this was the final <laughs> like they have to quickly film something about their and they have to show why they it's being delayed. It wasn't much, right? We didn't see much of embellish. We didn't see much of the house being built. We didn't no. see much of what's happening in their wedding plans. And all of a sudden, we had this scene where they go into that warehouse that they have rented. And Juan comes in for a full five minutes where he tries to adjust that label. Yeah. I am embellished. He's just trying to fix it. That's all he does. And then she starts broaching the subject of the baby and how if they are going to have the baby this time it has to be different and i'm in two minds about that i understand what robin is saying about hey look we are much older now and if we if you're going to make me have a baby now it has to be a different setup where i need you to be i need you to promise me that you'll be there more this time around and i need you to be part of the taking care of the baby part of it very early on because otherwise I cannot do it. But I also understand Juan's part where he's coming. He's like, I'm having a scene with you. And here you are bashing me yet again, talking about the past yet again, talking about putting me in a bad light yet again. And I think he's kind of tired of that. It's like, it's always, like he said later, it's always about what Juan did, but nothing about what, what Robin did or didn't do. It's yeah. never about her her part of the story because nobody's asking one and one is being careful he doesn't bash her ever have you noticed that she yeah. he doesn't bash robin ever mm-hmm. not not about the past no he doesn't she, he, well he does he say talks he was- about not being there that robin wasn't there and she wasn't you know well no he does because he says in the car when he's leaving he's like well we are talking about what i didn't do but we're not talking about what you didn't do for me yeah. to not do those things. So it's like he's yeah. implying that there was something that Robin did that caused him to what cheat mm-hmm. and not be a good dad. I mean, that's, that's bullshit. True. That's yeah, bullshit. That's true. Yeah, Juan that's- hates I don't know if Juan hates Robin or hates the show, but Juan yeah. also is very aware of the fact that this is the the thing that's making them money. Mm-hmm. Juan is aware that when they were floundering in the first four seasons of the show financially, right. the only yeah. thing that was really paying their bills was Robin. Yeah. Right. Because she's on the show. So yeah. I think Juan Dixon is like not a great person. Like I yeah. don't think I've never thought that he was a great person. I think he's insanely handsome. Mm. Okay. 
but his handsome meter really dropped down for me this episode. Also, when they were at the lunch and they're talking about like having a baby and all this stuff, which was, again, so fake, Michael Mm -hmm. is talking about it as if the man hasn't been a father for over 30 years. Yeah. He's like, yeah, being a dad, it's so different, blah, blah, blah. Why aren't you talking like literally Robin is talking about having a baby after a long time and how different it's going to be. And at no point does Michael say, well, as somebody who was a father once before, it's like anytime Michael talks about being a father, he for some reason erases the fact that he has been a father for longer than Ashley has been on Earth. Yeah, he doesn't talk about his other kids ever. He doesn't talk about he doesn't talk about the existence of his other children. No. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Now, this vow renewal, what did you think of it? It was a production, wasn't it? I think uh, Karen, I think this vow renewal may break the curse only because nobody seemed to be interested in it other than Karen and and uh, and Ray. It was very much obvious that the cast was forced to attend this event. Yeah. They didn't even want to be there. They did not want to be there at all. Nobody wanted to be there. Wendy, and this is this was the rumor, right? That nobody yes. wanted to be there. Yes, Wendy yeah. looked like she put herself into a straitjacket to try to get into the. <gasps> she show. couldn't get out of the car. She couldn't <laughs> sit down. She was being offered food. I'm like, where's she going to put the food? She can barely sit. I mean, there's Wendy. You got new boobs. You got new butt. You got. You look beautiful, but you don't have to squeeze yourself into a dress five sizes smaller than you. Than yes. the one that you had before. I think she went from like being a size eight and she decided I got these all these liposuction and everything. So I'm going to start wearing a size zero now. She, I mean, like, no, you are still a size two or four. Probably. Wear that. Yeah. Also, like, that's some dysmorphic shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. That is something like of that sort. Because the only reason she would want to do that is to really, really overtly show off her body, but at the same time, make her feel herself much better by wearing something a really small size. Yeah, it was I don't understand that. It was weird. Now the stairs, these creepy stairs. You know what I kept thinking was, this is obviously a warehouse, right? And warehouses have really, really, really tall ceilings. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's a small warehouse. So the the stairs, I bet, were like super duper steep. Yeah. Because it's – imagine being in a giant warehouse but only in a small square footage of space and then – in that little small square footage of space, you put in a set of stairs yeah. that take you upstairs. I feel like that's a hazard. Yeah. Plus, upstairs was just the bar. It was I mean, there were a room. balcony. Yeah. There was like a balcony where they had the bar, and then they had rooms attached where she could go and change. And downstairs was open. But the rooms it was a were re- downstairs. The rooms were downstairs? Yeah. No, it was upstairs. Remember? That's why. Oh, no, yeah, the, it was downstairs. That's was why she came from downstairs. the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So upstairs was just a balcony with a bar. Yes. Why? Exactly. Oh, that, yeah, that's kind of weird. And it's not like there's a dearth of locations here. She could have had it outside in the barn where, you know, where the, all of that stuff happened. <laughs> I'm sure the liner you would have felt <laughs> They would have wanted a redemption there. Yeah, uh, but there are so many locations that are on the same floor. Like Mia said, I like everything on the same floor. She could have had it there. Honestly, or just a set of stairs. It's not like people don't attend weddings where there's stairs. They, we do. But this set of stairs was likely a, it was probably not to code is what yeah. I'm assuming. But also, why do people 
Atlanta with Candy's wedding and this one. Why do people prefer a warehouse to a hotel hotel ball- ballroom? Isn't a hotel ballroom slightly better I than a warehouse? I think because you're limited on the things that you can do in this space in terms of like manipulating it to look the way that you want. Mm-hmm. But this seemed honestly to me like it was one of these warehouses where you can buy stuff for a wedding, like a mm-hmm. showroom, like a wedding showroom. Yeah. yeah. And Karen was like, well, what if we had the event here? And they were like, sure. And that's mm. all it was. Oh. Now, right before the ceremony, Ray makes a joke about Bill Gates being divorced. <laughs> Did you see that? And yeah. he's like, shh. Yeah. She's like, there's that no difference the between you and Bill Gates. And he goes, yeah, except he's getting divorced. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, Ray knows. Ray knows about the curse. <laughs> Ray is like, this is my way out. I wonder if he'll <laughs> still be like tethered to, to Giselle. That was the funniest. Yeah, that would be funny. That is the funniest thing I saw. I was like, oh, look at that. And then I was like, gee, take notes. That's how you make a joke. Yeah, exactly. And that and the other time when the day before when they're talking to the wedding planner, it's like, what's going on tomorrow? What's tomorrow? He's such a dad. (laughs) He's such a dad. (laughs) Now, Karen comes in to the ceremony. She's finger pointing and (laughs) two-stepping. She wants it. I think that was because I think that was to keep her balance because she couldn't she couldn't walk in the oh She's God. another one. She wore her too, too too tight for her dress too. Yeah. It was too tight. It was too long. It was from Turkey. It was from Turkey. I was like, <laughs> did you contact Jennifer Aiden for this? Because <laughs> no, Jennifer Aiden doesn't shop in Turkey. She shops in China. <laughs> um, the wedding, uh, yeah, the ceremony is just fine. Yeah. Okay. It, it was fine. They were up there and there was so much there were like chandeliers and stuff. I was like, can the can people even see up there? Like what are they talking? If you look if you were at the bottom of a steep se- set of stairs and yeah. there are two people standing at the top of the stairs talking to each other, you would only hear the mic. You would not be able to see them. I would get vertigo. Yeah. I would <laughs> get looking at like them. my neck would hurt <laughs> afterwards. Was, this is like the weirdest thing, but it was so Karen. Mia it probably so Karen. Mia probably was the only person from the cast that wanted to attend this event because she knew that all those people with neck pain would need to get adjusted. So she was like, this is a two for one. <laughs> she was like, customer one, customer two. <laughs> now, then we have this conversation with Chris Bassett and Michael Darby. And- Which one initiates? Like one initiates something that he doesn't even initiate with his own wife. It was so <laughs> weird. I was like, we're gonna oh, squash you decided? This, right? We're going to squash this. Yeah, it's almost like he finally read his emails or something from Bravo at some point. Like Robin <laughs> had been sending him all these emails. He just like had been ignoring them. And she was like, Juan, come on. It's our last weekend. He was like, oh, Rob. He calls her Rob. Yeah. He was like, Rob. I don't want to do this. And she was like, idiot, like read, like I, that's what I imagine happened in the Dixon household. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll fucking do this one thing. Yeah. But yeah. They have this conversation and like Michael Darby is just like a disgusting person. And I have to Ugh. agree with Candace. The white privilege of it all is insane. It's true. Michael Darby demands 
And I think that there's there's something to think about, right? Which is like, I'm not saying that Candace is ever acceptable and the things that she does and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. But Candace has a point here. And I think it, there's an implication that is associated with what she said earlier to Escala about mm-hmm. Ashley being morally, like Michael not being morally right for Ashley. And I think what she's trying to get at is that like Michael has a sense of authority. He believes mm-hmm. that he has a th- sense of authority over people like Ashley or people like Candace. He mm-hmm. is an elitist. He is obviously a classist. And he's probably a little bit racist. Like, he definitely is the type of man who's like, I can't be racist. Look at my black wife. Like, he definitely is that kind of a guy here. And the way that he talks about Candace, the fact that he calls her a criminal and all this stuff, the, the fact that he says to Giselle, oh, I can talk to you because you're an intelligent person. Mm -hmm. But he talks about Chris like so lowly. He's obviously misogynist because he doesn't think it's okay for Chris to be quote unquote supported by his wife. By the way, isn't Chris Bassett like, doesn't he come from money? I don't know. I don't know anything about Chris Bassett. This is what I I remember reading this on social media. Yeah. Which is that Chris Bassett apparently comes from money. He mm-hmm. has like a very rich family. Like he has like generational wealth that allowed mm-hmm. him to open up restaurants and everything. So it's like Chris has generational wealth. Candace has generational wealth. And that's why they're both always doing these it, like little things. It can make sense because, you know, why would Candace is smart enough. She would not tie herself up with somebody who is not going to financially take care of her or support her. Yes, Like she has her own dreams, but she's not going to be, she's not going to give them up to support somebody else. She's not going to do that. So I can see that being true. Yeah. I don't know enough about Chris Bassett per se, but what I didn't quite understand, I understand the overall premise of, yes, Michael Darby has white privilege. I didn't understand what he said in the moment that caused Candace to say the white privilege of it all and get up and walk away. I didn't quite get that. I didn't understand that part. And I don't know if you caught something that I didn't catch. Like, what did Michael say that caused her to flip out all of a sudden? I couldn't quite tell that. Because Michael Michael isn't taking ownership for what Michael did that caused Chris Bassett to get up. But that's just being a douche. It's not what is that I I mean that was Michael talking to Chris who's also white. So where did that the where it comes in is Michael Darby is an old man who likely is not used to taking accountability for the things that he does wrong, which is a problem that white people have, right? White people white privilege allows you to not have to take responsibility for your actions. White privilege allows you to not ever have to be accountable for the shit that you do. And to Mm -hmm. some degree, Ashley Darby, when we think about colorism, Ashley Darby is protected under that same sort of cover of white privilege, even though Ashley 100% experiences racism likely all the time and will for the rest of her life because she is still a black woman. She is a Mm -hmm. black woman. So I think that that's why Candace got upset. Now, should Candace have reacted that way? No, that is the moral of the Candace story. Is is Candace right? Yes. Should she have reacted that way? No. Never. Yeah, ever. I don't see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Candace picks the right moments to make these correct statements. <laughs> no, She's never. making these correct <laughs> statements about people, but she makes it at the wrong moment over wrong things, and then that's when it starts blowing up because yes. everything she said about Michael is true. 
I just didn't quite see it fitting that particular scenario that was happening right then. Yes. It's like she's bringing in other stuff to make that determination in that moment and walk away. And people are not, people are only in that moment. They're not thinking about the big picture. So they don't quite get it. No. So I can understand how it's like, what is she talking about? Is she nuts? What's going on? Also, I think like Candace needs to know her audience a little bit, right? Like you're talking about people who watch Bravo who aren't like, unless you're you're like us, right? Like we watch it, we dissect it, we talk about it. We remember all these things. We have a part of our brain that should probably hold important things like our children's social security numbers. Mm -hmm. But instead, it's like random scenes from a house of Potomac. For me in Mm -hmm. particular, it's the mime scene takes over my brain, lives there forever, Mm -hmm. will never go away. But like Mm -hmm. normal people who aren't like us, they are probably not holding on to all this information. They're not thinking about it in this like in-depth way. I think, I hate to say it, I think Candace is actually a smart person. I think Candace has spent a lot of time around a lot of smart people. So she has likely made statements like this around other groups of people and they've understood but Candace doesn't realize her audience. Her audience doesn't remember this shit or care. So like sometimes she does things and it's like you're making the wrong argument. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. But um, I'm excited for the reunion. Yeah. I, Some, I, something I... happened at the reunion that somehow is now making Ashley and Candace friends. And I hope, I hope it's that Ashley watched the show and saw what Candace said. And Ashley was like, you know what, Candace? You're right. I shouldn't be with Michael. They have friends now? I didn't know that. Apparently, they are were seen in LA hanging out together. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But also, the very last frightening Halloween thought was what they left us with for Halloween was that Ashley wanted a third baby. Yeah. No. That Ashley, was scary. You know what? I believe Ashley wants a third baby much more than Robin Dixon wanting a third baby. That's true. Ashley's just collecting coins, okay, one baby at a time, Mm -hmm. to which I say, all right, just don't make us watch the baby. Yeah, but I also I also want um, I also want Ashley to be smart. I don't know if there are any coins to be had. I think that there are. Mm-mm. I think Michael also Michael comes from money, so uh, he has a family of money. Uh, so I think that kinda. there's yeah, the more coin, the more babies she has, the more likelihood that she will collect coins. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about Rahasa's Assault Lake City. There were just like various scenes this episode of small groups of people gathered together to mm-hmm. pre set up to I guess set up a potential something happening with Jen Shaw. We saw Jen Shaw scamming on camera with Stewie. Yeah. Then we saw Heather, Whitney, and Mary go to lunch. And Mary tells the girls that she doesn't like to be questioned, which is why she got upset with Lisa. But I think it's funny about Mary is like, it seems like she's done like part of the work of therapy where she's like, I know my triggers. But then her resolution to that is like, I'm going to tell you what my trigger is so that you don't ever trigger me. (laughs) Yeah. But But also, (laughs) but also it's like Mary, um, Telling you that this is, I don't like to be questioned and this is why I behave this way. It's Mary is doing self therapy. I don't think she's done therapy <laughs> with the professional. Yeah, she wears so an Instagram. She post. doesn't quite know why she reacts this way, but this is her, um, this is her, um, you know, leading hypothesis of why. Yeah. 
she she wrote about it. Yeah, she read a BuzzFeed article once, and like this is what this is what she did. This is what she thinks is happening, but she doesn't quite know, and she doesn't quite care. She's like, yeah, I get triggered. And Mary, you have. I feel so. I feel I once feel like (laughs) Mary is a conundrum. I feel sorry for Mary. I feel sad for Mary. I feel angry at Mary. And I I laugh and laugh and laugh at everything she does. So she's like the full package for a Real Housewives. But I also don't know what to do with her because I don't know how to react. It's like Whitney said on our uh, on that uh, Xfinity call <laughs> that we attended. Yes. Like you don't know how to react. She, that's just who she is. She's going to be, she's going to keep bringing up her mother. And she's like, she's fine with it though. Yeah. Her mother has disowned her and she's fine with it though. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I'm but fine. I think- even though I'm hysterically crying because somebody said I have to Google that. I'm totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Totally I think okay. what she's not saying is that Mary was aware that Lisa was stirring the pot with her brother or cousin or whoever that was. Yeah. That's where she's coming from is that Lisa is going to other people and talking about me being a cult leader. And that's why I don't like her. But she didn't want to bring it up. What's interesting about this episode is that every gathering that they have that Lisa is not at is about Lisa. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're talking about this event that Lisa is having for Fresh Wolf, yeah. uh, a hair and beard care brand for boys without <sighs> beards. And, yeah. and, or hair. Or hair. Mm-hmm. And Lisa is brought up several times in various different scenes. And all they're basically, it's essentially it's Heather and Whitney. They're trying yeah. to figure out like, Whitney's like, why is Lisa being nice to me? What is she up to? Mm-hmm. Jen points out that Lisa told her not to be nice to Whitney because Whitney can't be trusted as a friend. Jen is not invited to this event for foster care. I think Lisa Barlow is doing some production work here. I think Lisa Barlow yeah. also thinks she's too smart for the show. She does think that. Yeah. And she is, the mistake that Lisa is doing is she's um, not focusing She's not learning from Reza in Shahs of Sunset and not focusing on one person. You, Lisa is trying to focus on multiple people. She's yes. going after Heather. She's going Correct. after Whitney. She's going after Mary. Yep. Mary, who's all by herself in the corner. Nobody. She's not even a threat to Lisa. And Lisa is going after her. And she's m- messing with Jen's already fragile ego. Yes. She's using Jen as a weapon to go after all of these people. Yes. And it's so funny because you have to do it in a very, you have to do a very focused and nuanced approach to shit story. And there's no nuance in anything Lisa does. She's like, open, like, I want to just find out why would Whitney do that? And I just wanted you to know that she is selling the stuff to your co, uh, to the person that you fired, that you, you blew up on. And she's selling him. Her, she's sending him gifts. Do you want me to go on social media and say that that was wrong? Do you want me to do that? She's like literally asking and begging Jen, like, can I be your ally? Can I yeah. do this for you? Yeah. And Jen is like, why are you telling me this? Why are you saying that? Yeah. Jen doesn't quite get the point. <laughs> Jen Lisa is like all Barlow. of this. Lisa Barlow is like our own little, little finger. 
from Game of Thrones. Yes. Like she's she's creating chaos wherever she goes, but she's like, I know what I'm doing. Like it's like, I know that I created chaos, but I know exactly what went into this. So like I'm good. I'm on top of it. And like suddenly there's gonna be too much chaos and she's gonna be like, Oh shit. Oh shit, I don't know how to like turn this all off, you know? She's the she's the original bad weather. (laughs) She really is. She is actually you know, if Lisa, if if Heather and Whitney are bad weather, I would say Lisa is um, like an anti climate change person because she doesn't believe in climate change in the situation. She wants the bad weather to happen because then she can be like, "See, look, the weather is bad," and it's like, "No, yeah. well, who caused the bad weather, Lisa?" <laughs> yeah. Um, now, at the end of this episode, we had this big reveal, which was like the most exciting part of it because we saw clips of it in the premiere uh, in the preview for this season. It was a big tea where Mary's former parishioner just happens to be at this event that Lisa throws and he just happens to go up to Meredith. Now, I want to point out it was so fake because he may not have been mic'd up, but when mm-hmm. he's walking away from Meredith after saying that stuff about Lisa, you can look at him, look up to see if the boom mic went away. <laughs> you literally like go back and watch it as yeah. he's walking away. He's sort of, hi, Harold. As he's walking away, he just like kind of looks up and he's like, okay, all right. The, is a mic going to follow me out of here? Are we done with the scene? Like, it's so fake. And Meredith is shook because I think in Meredith's mind, she's like, okay, so everything that Whitney and Heather have been saying about Lisa is true. That yeah. Lisa stirs shit up and then she gets yeah. to get it on camera. Right, right. So why would Lisa invite Whitney to this and not Jen? Like, why keep Jen out of it? That's what I'm trying to understand. After Jen murdered two wolves and pelt, brought their pelts to her sons. My God. That was... Uh, because last season, who were uh-huh. the two people that attended Mary's church? Yeah. Meredith and Whitney. Yeah. So Lisa wanted Meredith and Whitney to be at this event Hmm. where the two people who benefited from her church, who were moved by her church, would Ah. see the other side of the church. That is why Lisa Barlow invited But she could have kept Jen is what I'm saying. Jen would have been, could have been useful to her in that scenario. Because I don't think that, I don't think Lisa wanted Jen there because then the the focus, no, I think the focus would end up being... Jen versus Whitney or Whitney. Jen versus Meredith. Got it. And yeah, she didn't yeah. want that. She was like, you know what, guys? We're going to do this my way. We're going to yeah. try to just keep it chill here. We're only going to focus on Mary. <laughs> now, I feel weird about this parishioner. I think he was very cryptic, but it is sad because apparently on social media, we found out that he passed away. So the oh, guy no. who's on the show, he passed away. So now it's like anything that anybody says about how shady he is or whatever, Lisa yeah. keeps going on social media being like, that's so hurtful he's no longer with us how can you say that guys like she's gonna do that (laughs) and then suddenly you know everybody's gonna feel like shit for bringing it up but it's like the lisa it's he's no longer with us but you you still used him yeah to talk about mary in a very cryptic way which actually didn't reveal anything but yeah and you know if anybody is to blame lisa it's bravo bravo could have taken that scene out yes Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited because next week, yeah, it happens. It ha- it does it barely happens. So I think next week is going to be where she gets taken off and then they're like, "Oh my god, what happened?" But that's where it stops. That will be towards the end of next week and then the week after that will be when they actually show what happened. 
watch them do something like watch it be like the trigger for the midweek mid mid season trailer or some bullshit. Yeah. Watch them so, be like, we're off for Thanksgiving, like some bullshit like that, you know? Yeah. And then so we don't ben, get anything. Ben Mandoka from Watch What Crappens was, our pod daddy, was on Watch What Happens Live. Mm-hmm. Ben's question to Andy was, "Is what is the best episode of Real Housewives and is it the one, why is it the one where Jen gets arrested? <laughs> and he told uh, Ben that it's going, it's not really that episode, but the ap- episode after she gets arrested is actually the best episode. Yeah. So, so. I want to see what, what, that, what that means. Yeah. I, which, you know what? When Bravo hypes anything up, I'm like, I don't really mm. believe it. Yeah, that's true. I'm not. I'll see. That's true. I mean, yeah. here I'm being like, I don't believe you. But will I watch it? Absolutely. Sure. Of course. I'll just come and complain about it. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this episode. We will talk to you guys on Saturday. Yeah. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye. The reality is, is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also by unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS.